0: It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie P. It's presented by CarParts.com. Hey, I got to tell you, man, I am so super excited, man. I don't put the word super in front of much, but I'm super excited, caping all, for who we have on the podcast today. Uh, This is one of those parts of the equation. Kev, you know more than anybody. I've been in your cars. I've seen your builds. I've seen your BMW. Getting all of those gauges and all that info and data that you need. Had to be a difficult sort of transition from you know what was bmw gauges to ls type stuff right
1: yeah man i tell you what when it comes to like cars in general like what, what are we attracted to it's typically design right why is it that uh people are really into you know chargers but not dusters, right? Gen one Camaros, but not Nova's. You know, it's the design, (laughs) right? That's the outside. And there are two areas where automotive guys, you know, designers really focus. That's the outside. That's the first thing that draws you to a car. And the second thing in my mind is the confirmation. When you peek your head into the window or when you sit in that cockpit and you go, oh yeah, right? This This is my landscape, right? Once you sit in a car, this is what you're staring at. I think the most important things, you know, outside of picking the type of car is once you sit down in that seat, right? Your, your steering wheel, its position, your shifter, and your gauges, right? That is your living room, your office space, and man, when you can get that right, uh, almost once you're in the car driving around, it almost doesn't matter what's on the outside. To be honest with yeah, you, because yeah. you're on in the inside having a damn good time, yeah. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, getting the gauges right uh, is awesome. And I can't wait to have John on because, you know, we can pick his brain and, and really kind of, you know, dive into, um, you know, kind of the evolution, you know, the gauges has been. Because, you know, if we go back in time, man, it was all about you go to the local parts store and you get that three-pack of SunPro gauges, you know? Oh, and you, bro, still, you, I still
0: have those in a couple cars, man. I'm not... <laughs> You sheet metal
1: screw them right on your dash and you got a big old honking tack and there you go, man. You are good. Yeah. You're cool. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> but now the options are I, amazing, you know? Yeah, like, I, you know, as a guy that's got, you know, several old school muscle cars, I probably got, you know, twenty-five or thirty freaking muscle cars. I, you know, there's so many that I get into that I've acquired over the years are, are just easy. <laughs> you have those three gauges, that little... Cr- Dude, honestly, God, as a kid, my dad had those very same gauges in a 57 Chevy that I have today that I restored for him called Project Pops. And I remember sitting in the driver's seat while that was in the barn on our farm, looking at those gauges, wishing they would have some sort of measurement on there, making vroom-vroom noises.
1: When I'm like six years old, <laughs> they're still making them today, so... Yeah, and I'm telling you, you know, from the minimalist function and you know, a little nostalgia. Yes, they they work. They're cool. But you know, you're building a cool ride, like you're building right. You're going to SEMA, right? You want to yeah. take it to car shows. You know, you want to pimp this thing out. You put so many hours into a car. Uh, you know, it's the two things. You want to nail the stance, the tires. You know, the wheels and tire combo. Yeah. You want to nail that. Uh, you know, paint isn't as important now because patina is kind of cool. So, getting the dang stance and wheels right, people will walk up to your car and then they're going to peek inside. What do you got? Right? Is a bunch of old junky stuff in there? Is it, man, does it have some pop? And people walk away like, damn, legit, right? Check one, check two. And I'll tell you, there was such personality in the gauge
0: clusters. Like, you know, regardless of the old car that you may be fond of, um, you know, I tend to lean towards some of the Mopar products and Dodge products, but you know, I've got a '57 Chevy. I've got you know, classic you know, Fords. I got a '49 Ford. I got all kinds of old old cars, but really, just the the attitude, the personality, all the cool characteristics of the gauge package clusters. You know, Mopar offered this fishbowl dash back in the day, and it looks like a a fishbowl. My '62 300. You know, it's got the fishbowl dash. It's goofiest looking thing ever. You know, you look at the the charger I'm taking to SEMA. They modeled those after an airplane, so the gauges are are really unique. They're they're just different, and the packaging that comes around them. You know, just the everything from the trim and how they illuminate to those cool colors they are. It's so unique. You know, you're kind of you kind of get a mundane offering nowadays and it's a very, you know, homogenous sort of offering in gauge clusters. Yeah, you get a cool color with them, but it's all the same. Whereas back in the day, god, they had some cool design, and some cool architecture.
1: Well, that's that's again, it's one of the few places on a vehicle, right? Again, we can pick out our wheels, we can maybe pick out a color, color scheme, right? That's one big place that you can put your personalization on. Um or that came from the factory, but usually we're we're modifying that, we're changing that stance, but on the interior, right? Heck, look at the whole rest of the car. The interior, that one spot, that gauge, the steering wheel, just that setup, that's your chance to set up your shop, right? That's my office, that's what I'm gonna decorate. And you can go with you know, the originals, because like you said, man, you mentioned some pretty hot configurations. You can just polish those up, dial those up right back to the way they were, because some of them were amazing, they're timeless, they're classic, But some of them weren't so great (laughs) so you got a lot of options now with right replacing what was in there with something that was awesome to begin with and you want to just keep it rolling or god this guy just mailed it in and uh delivered something just cheap and cheerful and man this is where i get to put my own vision right the style of gauges the colors the configurations right instead of idiot lights man now i can have real gauges i can go digital this that the other Uh, So that's the one spot in the vehicle where you get to to play dress up. Yeah. Well, there's not a better company than Classic
0: Instruments. And we come back with a man behind that, Mr. John McLeod. I'm really excited. Go Google in the meantime. Go Google it. Uh, Just put it in the browser to Classic Instruments, and and you're going to see what we're talking about. Several different offerings. Really cool. Everything from the font to the design to the data it's serving you. Man, we're back to talk about it. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast with Kevin Bird and Willie B. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. It's presented by CarParts.com. You got to check these guys out. The mobile experience, smooth like butter. It's it's easy like Sunday morning, man. You
1: can't beat it. I'm telling you, and the savings. You know, we were just talking about, uh, I just popped in the parts store because it was right on my way. I thought, oh, this is too easy. Why would I bother to click a couple of buttons? I'm just going to pull over. Yeah, it was cool. It was easy. I got what I needed. And then I got home and I looked just for curiosity on car parts and it was so much cheaper. I felt dumb, you know, like (laughs) I could have saved myself some time, right? No, I got the right parts and I could have got it, you know, for huge savings. Uh, And if I didn't like it, I just ship it back. I got 90 days. Super easy. Love it. No doubt. CarParts.com, you guys, check it out. We have our
0: boy John McCloud on our podcast today. John, hey, thanks for your time, man. You got to be swamped. Every industry person we have spoke with in the last year claims that this year has been by far the most robust, the busiest, uh, and the best year for all things cars, automotive, and so forth. I'm sure it's the same for you guys.
2: Absolutely. We're, we're, we've been blessed. It's been, it's been fun. It's been crazy. Uh, it's been challenging. I mean, you come off uh, 2020 and nobody knows what's going to happen. We don't have any car shows. Uh, you, you, nobody knows. And then just step-by-step, step, busier, busier, things going crazy and just, and it's everything. It's not one car. It's all cars.
0: <laughs> you know, you, you, you're you right about that, man Because I feel like, especially after a year Everybody's been cooped up, locked up Couldn't go out, couldn't socialize You know, you had all these things stacked against you That's, you know, really counterintuitive for a car enthusiast Because we like hanging out with other car enthusiasts Racing, get together, meets And, you know, time attack Everything we love to do we like to Talk about cars, live cars, race cars, all of it So I really feel like there's an energy out there that has been missing for a few years, or at least one that we haven't witnessed for a few years. Uh, and really, man, that wave is coming. Uh, I know we're getting ready for car shows. I'm, I'm hosting a couple coming up. There's different things uh, in and around my town where I'm at. We've already been had a couple car shows. Like I feel like, man, that energy and that swell is, is, is getting ready to splash everything and everybody.
1: Yeah, when I haven't had a beer in a little while and I finally get one, I don't want just one. Right when we get our summer back, it's going to be, I think, a, this wave's going to ride for a couple of years. I'm a summer this summer more than any summer
0: previously. That's right.
1: <laughs> now, John, I got a question for you. So, uh, you know, just kind of feeling the winds, right? You got customers asking you for all sorts of things. Are you getting uh, any particular types of vehicles that people are, uh, Kind of going forward that's a little bit different, unusual, uh, you know, indicating some trends. You know, what are people, you know, you, you mentioned all kinds of cars. So what what's kind of unique about what happened in 2020 and you think it's going to be any different in 21?
2: Yeah, I, it's trucks are still huge um, and they're continue to grow. It's just they're growing in so many different directions. But what I see is just a lot of projects that may have been idle for a little while. I think we're all probably guilty of having an idle project or two. And uh, we all had a little bit more time. Uh, you can only do so many virtual car shows and dreaming and thinking. And then that project in your garage, you just kind of walked out there and you started tinkering and you re- that passion got recharged. So we're starting to see some older projects get re-energized. Um, and that's just everything. Old, you know, '80s cars that we didn't see as much. Now we're seeing those '80s you know, Camaros and and then some really oddballs. And of course, we have some Dodge guys here, and that's I'm one of them. We're seeing more Dodge and Plymouth stuff. And again, I think it's just projects have been sitting.
0: Yeah, man, that's encouraging for uh, Mopar guys like myself. Uh, just knowing, you know, Dodge was so unique in what they kind of presented and their cartoon alignment and how they just put so much personality into their cars and their designs. Uh, You know, I mentioned the fishbow, uh, you know, sort of dash. It was known as the fishbow dash. Those things are the goofiest dash you'll ever see. I don't don't know that there's anything odder, but wow, is that kind of cool. Right. And I mean, LSs are clearly um, the, the,
2: they're the new small block Chevy um, is what we call them around here. But now with Chrysler um, bringing out the helifants and those crazy horsepower they probably don't make a dime on it, but they're making a statement. And now people are stuffing those and everything in golf carts. I mean, it's it's it, that's encouraging for us, but it's also challenging because you have to know every transmission combination, every ECU combination, every engine combination. And so our team is really focused on making sure that that's that you know the, the buzzword plug and play, which there is no such yeah, thing as garbage. Plug and play, <laughs> but you make it as simple as you can.
1: Yeah, well, on the, so on that note, right? Like, if, if we think about um, you know, gauges in the past, right? It was pretty straightforward, right? You typically replace, replace the gauge and, you know, typically maybe you upgrade it to a big block from a small block, but otherwise a lot of the stuff was very much, you know, the right configuration. And now we are mixing and matching. We've got so many different eras of product and how the evolution of gauges has evolved. And, you know, like you go back to the mechanical gauges and it seemed like that was the thing to do way back in the day, you know, had to be mechanical, but now we're doing electronic and we've got uh, you know well, everything the new from- data you need. Look at you know, yeah,
0: you look at air inlet temperatures. Uh, uh, you know, uh, you're looking at uh, all this, you know, boost controls. You know, all all this stuff that you need data on. And this is where you guys have really got after it aggressively, providing that data, but in a form that fits the uh, the old gauges. Right. We we spend a whole bunch of times
2: trying to live in the past, make it look old, and we don't chase the modern look. There's some really cool modern looks out there and some of our custom stuff goes that way, but for our standard, we really want that old school look and feel of being able to run modern. Um, Corvettes have been crazy lately. Guys putting LSs in every Corvette ever made. And once you get that LS in there and stuff it in that hole and make it work, none of the instruments work. So we get a ton of Corvette jobs. And of course, Corvette guys, they all want their personal touch on it, and so we're Every Corvette job is different than the last one. Um, but that those are really cool. I mean, I really enjoy the Corvette stuff.
0: Hey, hey, Kevin, you remember when we saw that BMW at SEMA a couple years ago, the last SEMA we could attend with the, with the Hellcat red eyes set up in it? Uh, <sighs> from the It was a BMW, guys, with a Hellcat in it. Exactly. And, and th- this is what John really does at Classic Instruments. Uh, if you had a, a project – where you're putting a new power plant into something old, getting that conversation to occur, uh, finding out what that engine needs to run properly is much different nowadays than it was, you know, several years ago. You have O2 sensors, you have all this communication. You have, is there too much fuel in it? Do I need to lean it out? Do I, you know, need to pull a spark? Do I, you know, need to have more boost and all these things that are requiring dated info. This is where, you know, classic instruments have really gotten after it and you may want the old look which we all appreciate but you want more than anything that new technology because you need that data you need it delivered as a driver commanding that machine uh and really you know you guys have those offerings and various you know colors and types and the fact that you put that stuff in old gauges really makes you unique
2: Thanks. Yeah. And that's, and that's what we're focused on. And we talked a little bit earlier about the three gauges down below and what everyone remembers. And those were all a full sweep gauge cause they were mechanical. We actually spent a whole bunch of time, uh, Roy Brizio is just pounding on me to get this done, but we made electric full sweep gauges and we spent a bunch of time and energy making these things look like they came out of the fifties that you bolt underneath your dash, but it's all the new electronics, all the new, you know, plug and play for what that is in any modern transmission, ECU. But when you look at it, it it could have been a gauge set from the 50s.
1: Well, John, walk us through like a scenario, right? Because there's a lot of guys out there with their projects right now. And at some point in time, they're going to get into gauges. Uh, Give them a heads up. So just take your vet, right? You've got an old vet. You've got an LS, you know, dropped in there. Uh, Call it an automatic transmission. Um, You know, how do they think through... Uh, getting everything to talk appropriately? What's the kind of generic s- strategy? And then, you know, maybe you're going to mix it up like, well, here's another scenario to go on top of that.
2: Right. That's um, Most of them will be able to, some type of ECU controller for the engine transmission. And what we want to do is first we get the gauge cluster in. If it's going to be a retrofit, not off the shelf, we'll get the gauge cluster in and spend a lot of time with a form we have online with what the client wants. Just kind of a basic, do you want it to look stock? Do you want to modify it? Try to get the look, because the look's the most important part, and that's what the customer sees. He doesn't, he or she doesn't see anything behind the scene. So once we get that nailed down, we kind of figure out what motor, what transmission, and right now, LS and a 4L60E or a Tremec. You see those two pieces a lot. Tremec doesn't need an ECU. The automatic transmissions do. And then we take care of all of the controllers and get a custom made wiring diagram. So they literally just install it. And with a little bit of computer knowledge can program it. It's driving the car a mile, pushing a button and you're done. And we miniaturized everything. So we don't have all these extra boxes in the, in a Corvette, there's no room. I mean, they didn't have a dash to speak of to begin with. So where do you put this control box? We actually build
0: it in. And this is something I noticed, Kev, when, when I filled out a form you know, on their website, this is really smart. It, they really do go in-depth as to what that consumer is looking for and what info or data they need to be aware of. You know, you're looking at air-fuel ratios. You're looking at boosts. You're looking at all these things nowadays that you wouldn't look at back in the mid-'60s, Right. So you might not need your amp gauge, you know, whereas you need a boost gauge. So they're able to take all the data that you you desire and morph it into the gauge package, which came with that car. And I'm telling you, man, there's nothing to sleep. Well, I don't have to tell you guys this. If you've been to SEMA, you look in. Almost every resto mod, you know, rat rod, hot rod, cool build, ring brother stuff. It, you look in any person's car, and you know what you're going to see? One commonality. You're going to see classic instruments. <laughs> you truly are. Uh, I, I feel like, you know, nine out of the ten cars we were going on last year when we were at SEMA had th- their stuff in it. Like, that says a lot about what you do. <laughs> I miss that tenth guy. <laughs> Um, (laughs) we we get, we get,
2: we work with such great people and you talked about that pamphlet and the vision. And that's what, what I think some people miss. It's your car. It's not my car. It's not Kevin's car. It's your car. And until we get that vision, the rest of it doesn't matter because if we build something different, then no matter how well it works and you're not satisfied, you'll never be happy. So that's why we spend so much time there. We do drawings back and forth. And, you know, we do all this before we spend any money because the customer, we've got to know what the customer wants.
1: Um, well, this is what's cool, right? Because, again, if anybody that rewired their car, you know, whatever, 30, 40 years ago, uh, you can get a gauge and you can run the mechanical, you know, you pop a hole in your firewall and you run the mechanical all the way to the sensor and, and screw it under the block or whatever it is. Um, you know, you take your mechanical speedo and you plunk it in there and there you go right but the times have changed the powertrains have changed the standards everything is now different uh and what you guys provide is the two most critical things like you said give you the style and the look that you want all the gauges that you need uh but then the know-how and the sort of modern technology to get it to talk to uh, all these different combinations of stuff right it's not back to the oh i've got some wire strippers and a crimper I'm good to go. I can wire my <laughs> gauges. It doesn't work that way anymore, right? No. But
2: there's some, I mean, we have a lot of customers that are still building, you know, a 32 roadster that wants a flathead in it, but still has some pieces that he or she needs because maybe they want to take that flathead and put a Tremec transmission behind it. So you kind of get a mix there because, you know, you've still got that three inch temp center that's got to go in the head Well, a flathead has two of them. So you play with that, but he's got a better higher end transmission. Um, or maybe he wants to know what outside temperatures. I mean, so you really get those people that are mixing and I'm really starting to see this, um, survivor, I guess they've kind of deemed it survivor car. That's really, really coming on strong to where they don't care about the paint job. It's all underneath all under the hood. And they want it to look like they drug it out of a junkyard and they're making some killer cars. I mean,
1: but without the smell,
2: right? No smell.
0: <laughs> Guys, this is no joke. I read a story on the air this week that talked about how Land Rover is going to offer pre-rusted cars. They're offering pre-rusted cars. Dodge did that in the <laughs> 70s, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's crazy what people are going into nowadays.
1: No, I want my I want my car pre-rusted. I'm like, are you are you crazy? <laughs> Well, I mean, look at the blue jeans, right? Already pre-cut, <laughs> bleached, you know, frayed, and the whole bit. You know, So it's just moving right into cars. We
0: come from an area where we earn those holes in our blue jeans, you kids. We earn those holes. <laughs> uh, well, look, we got to dive into a new break, but when we come back, more John McCloud. Classic Instruments is the place. Go find them online, classicinstruments.com. Hey, coming up, man, there's so many gauges. There's so many different offerings and packages. We're going to find out what are some of the coolest, what are some of the new technologies. And you're not just thinking, you know, old-school muscle cars. You're thinking street rides. You're thinking imports. You're thinking trucks. I mean, the SKUs have to be unlimited. More about that on the way with the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And we're back after the break. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He's the handsome one. He's Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. It's presented by CarParks.com. We have Mr. John McLeod on the podcast today from Classic Instruments. You guys got to get online, and you'll be amazed, man, because, you know, for a while, everything was fast and furious. And, you know, people wanted gauges that looked like what they saw when fast and furious. There are some people that want the classic sort of airplane kind of look in their gauge packages and clusters. A lot of cars were designed and modeled off of airplanes. And some people want something completely different. Well, Classic Instruments provides all of the above and then more um john you got to feel like this year with all the cool offerings and gauges and packages have you ever opened a box and was like wow that's different yes
2: <laughs> we get a lot of requests that that uh, the last craziest one was a halloween theme and you just how do you how do you put those two things together and and so they he wanted a whole halloween theme. bones pumpkins everything in a gauge and you know it it was crazy and wild. and got done and everyone's cool. Well, then you see pictures of the car done and then it starts to make sense. And yeah, I mean, those are the ones that challenge you. I mean, those are the ones that are fun, but kind of like we were talking earlier, that's that customer's vision. And again, it doesn't, I don't have to like it, but he or she does. And that's, that's, Really, for the, our designers and our builders, they, they get to the giggling and laughing, and you hear it go back there and you see some of this stuff, and it, it's pretty but, wild. But
0: that's what people could do is they could actually take their gauge cluster out of the car, right? And it doesn't matter how beaten or beat up it is. If you've got a gauge cluster, man, these guys are unreal. The attention to detail of what you guys do as far as – bringing those gauge clusters back to life, repairing them, uh, finding parts and components to match in there. It's uh, it really is a, a craft and a skill, man. It's art, straight up art. It, it, thank you.
2: It, it, it is, but it's, it's that fun challenge. And it's like building a complete car. It's just a component or a piece of the car. Every job, you, everybody on this call, it, you've all been in challenges building cars and putting things together. And it, we get to do it in each piece, but we get to work, with all of these master crafts and all these designers and all these people that are doing these crazy things, Steve Mole, I talked to him today and everyone knows Steve and his mind just goes in a completely different way. And it's so amazing on on the coach work that they do. And when you, you work at that level, then the next phone calls a guy in his garage working on his AMC. I mean, it's so, that's, what's so exciting for me. Every day I get to talk with people having fun.
1: So what are your, some of your favorites like over all the years and and you guys get on their website. They've got a great gallery. Uh, You know, you guys have had good guys awards and so many different vehicles, like Willie said, you know, almost everything at SEMA has their stuff in it. So you guys have had, you know, from the, you know, replacement call it mundane to the wild, crazy over the top. What's been some of your favorites, you know, whether it's builders that you worked with cars or just the clusters that, you know, ended up, and once you saw them in the vehicle, just blew your mind, and that's why I come to work every day.
2: Well, there, there's that, those are easy because those are the ones that stick in your mind, but Allaway, uh, Bobby Alloway and his group did an Etzel that was at SEMA two or three years ago. It was a maroon Etzel slammed on the ground, crazy motor, and that Etzel has been one of my all-time favorite instruments since the beginning. They just, whatever, just blew me away and to build that was it was the most difficult cluster we've ever built and then nobody could get all the crazy knobs that etzel's had so we actually 3d printed all of them to make them look like the knobs but they operated all the air conditioning system so we had to take it not only to the gauges but the ac and then you guys remember the green pickles they called them a green pickle on the back fender we actually had to machine the pickles so here i am at Two o'clock in the morning making pickles for Bobby Alloy, And th- that whole job was just a thing.
1: Man, I just pulled that car up. Yeah, uh, I remember catching that thing. But uh, I don't think I got the full up close and personal. That thing is beautiful. Oh, it was
2: it was mind-boggling. I got to go for a ride in it. And after SEMA, we, were, we went through the parade. And, and it's just that that one was really, really exciting for me.
0: A, when you uh, the when you call it, uh, and that's so beautiful, that that says a lot. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. it, it, it was mind-blowing. The whole car was mind-blowing. Uh, the other one that um, was really uh, a high-end challenge was Alan Johnson. When he built that uh, 32 that was a Riddler contender for George Poteet. Oh,
0: I love George Poteet.
2: Yeah. George, and we've, George was the very first custom gauge we've ever done. It was a 32 wow. five-window coupe that Dave Lane built for him. Um but, uh, what, what Alan Johnson and his team wanted to do was build watches that were instruments and he wanted to do the back of the gauges as finely detailed as the front with the curved glass, the piece and never a bigger challenge. Did we get thrown at than that one? And that was, uh, that was a huge challenge, but the reward that car was just at Barrett Jackson. It was one of the finalists in that Barrett Jackson cup that was done. And probably the last one was that really stuck in my mind was Troy Trapena's First Love, which is still one of my all-time favorite cars that was a Riddler winner. This was probably 10 years ago, but I think for my age and an iconic car, that, was, that car was so far ahead of everything else. And that, that First Love car and how they hid every fastener and so many cars after that followed that look and feel with the swoopy frame and done that that first love, that to me that was that was a game changer. So those three stick in my mind as being the most wildest, crazy. And all three really great craftsmen and builders. And there's been tons of others, but it, those three definitely rise to the top.
0: So nowadays you know with everybody going boosted there's the superchargers on you know everything I was at a car show last weekend and I felt like sixty 70 percent of cars were supercharged um, do you find that as a as a harder challenge for you guys with with all the data needed for boosted applications uh, or is that just you know par for the course no that pushed us into
2: um, launching all of our race gauges I mean i never when I envisioned when I started classic instruments and did all the piece. I never envisioned going into the race business as much as I love racing and doing that. But because of the modern, oh, yeah, you cars-
0: love racing, man. He's a racer, bro. He's straight gets down. Uh, just don't Sorry, get enough but- time of it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm with you there.
2: And so we launched about 3000 new products in, in one day and we focused on racing. And, but what forced us to get into that was the modern cars and, and boost being one of them because so many cars are come standard as boost. Or turbocharged, and so you need a couple things there. So that led to a full sweep gauge. But when we did it, we sat down with Jason Line, who is three-time world, uh, world champion, pro stock champion. Kyle Tucker, who everyone knows is the, the king of autocrossing. And I both good friends, and I sat down with both of them and said, okay, if you had the perfect gauge, what would it be? And so we sat down with the data logging technology that drag racers need um the readability that autocrossers read and we started taking all this information and that's what launched all of our race gauges velocity black and white autocross gauges those series but we had to do them in a full suite but we built alarms inside of them external alarms and every Mm -hmm. one of them had data log the number one problem out there was guys wanted data logging but you had to splice a wire or run two sensors well, we built it in our gauge that it has an output that plugs right into whether it be a Holly kit or a fast kit or whoever's data logger, Mopar. So it directly feeds it. And so we just built all these pieces in. And the next thing you know what, I'm in the race business. And now I, I have literally two fields. I have all my hot rod and pieces going there and all my race stuff. But what the full suite gauges did is gave us that old school mechanical look going right back to those three gauges underneath again. And we had to make them in two and five eighths, which is what you had back. Then. So the the, the the marriage of everything just was a home
1: run for us. Yeah, that's a good point, man, because I was going to ask you about that. Like n- now, right, you've got all these, uh, you know, race pack type digital stuff. But I mean, they're just ugly, you know, like you really want to have just a cool vibe. But the, they're damn handy, like for all the information that can give you. Uh, so I was kind of curious as to, you know, you mentioned the data logging, so maybe you could kind of explain a little bit more, you know, how that works and what kind of data you can get and interface it. Um, and, and if you have guys that kind of maybe flip back and forth, do you have them that'll set up, you know, if they're on the track and they're really going, you know, balls out, do they kind of, you know, hook up, you know, a uh, you know, a race pack set of data gauges, you know, whatever, uh. Uh, display and then you know when they're out cruising just pop it off disconnect it, and go back to a full dash setup and what what do guys what are you seeing out there and where do you see it heading
2: i the guys want to look i mean so they they designed their dash and what we did with our gauges is is that you don't have to use it but in my drag pack car i have a stock eliminator drag pack car so it has all the data log information that i have to have i mean to be competitive in hra you have to have that data so that's where I developed all my own instruments that, because I'm running these wires and splicing and going, this is ridiculous and that's where it came from. But our gauges now feed the data logger direct. So all you do is flip a switch on the dash, you're reading all your gauges while you're driving or idling or in the pits or getting ready to stage. But obviously when you pull the trigger and you're making your pass, you're not reading your gauges. You, they switch to, there's alarms that go off or lights that go off inside the gauge or external and your data logger is now on, make your pass, pull the chute, get off, get off, flip your switch again, put your computer, read all your data log. So the driver has to switch between the gauges when he or she is driving. Same thing with autocross. Kyle's not looking at his tack as he's going around a cone. He just needs a light to come on. Something that says, okay, here it is. Same thing with brake pressure. If you drag race, you got to Press on that brake until the light comes on. You know that's 800 pounds of pressure. Stop, then you're going. So we tried to make them all intuitive to do different things. But again, only a racer knows all this. And that's why we got all this information from the pros.
0: I I love how you took the input of some serious drivers, racers, performance-based people, right? Ask them what they're needing in the car during those decisive moments. They just need... You know, like you said, you don't need to look at your tack. You just need a light to tell you, you know, you're going to bang on the rev limiter. Uh, it, it's really, really cool how you took that sort of input and knowledge and then applied it to what you're you you're know, what you're creating and coming out with. So I feel like that's such a good way to sort of understand what your next move is going to be and, and what people are really needing out there. Uh, that are driving they're pushing their cars and and enjoying it which us car guys tend uh, to do well it's like bonneville
2: i, I got i was very fortunate I got to drive bonneville poteet put me in a car and a couple of people had me
1: oh driving. you did man. i've been at
0: bonneville like 10 times you got the drive you oh, never put me in a car
1: at bonneville
0: come on man oh i've been at the bend in the curve the curve the bend in the road and and stay oh you got the drive oh i've only stole salt and brought it home from there
2: I've been 207 in a 32 Ford Roadster. So, but here's the thing that I noticed, same thing. To get your license, you got to do a first pass at 125, next 150, 175, then 200 unlimited. But uh, if you've ever driven out at Bonneville, totally different experience. You don't have time to look at your speedometer, your tack and go through. It. That's why we developed our Bonneville, our Bonneville speedometer. You can program it to whatever speed you want and a light comes on. If you go below it, it goes off. So you, And you have to maintain that 125 to get to the next step. Again, just listening to your customers and experience and It falls right back into custom and standard cars. Listening to your customers. And that's what all of our sales staff is doing, all of the custom guys, even our standard stuff. Just listen to what they have to say, and then we can guide them. Some people can't afford a custom gauge. Yeah. Maybe they we have to steer them towards one of our standard ones. Same
0: technology. You know, it's so funny because there's a lot of places that do the same thing as Bonneville. I, I you know got a Corvette I race on on the long mile track on, on mile tracks, you know, and the same thing. They'll tell you, okay, to get your to get your pass, you gotta go out the, the back door. You want to see a, a 175 pass. Uh, and then a 190 pass, and then, you know, you're you're allowed to pop it to 200 if you have the right equipment. Uh, but you're right. It, it's really difficult while you're driving at that speed. You know, you, you can't look at your, you, you know, your Speedo or your tack, uh know what gear you need to be in, where your boost is at, and all that stuff. What you need is a light (laughs) or something providing you that that info in an instant. Uh, And it's such a smart way to to provide that, make that happen, but still maintaining the cool design and architecture uh, of what was originally in the car. uh, If that's what you desire. It's a it's really cool, man. And I just love that you guys are providing that. I, I have one question before we run out of time why the hell gauges, bro? What, what, what got you into the instrument clusters and and gauge packages? Like how did that become your, your fascination that really brought you into this, the realm that you're in today?
2: Well, I, I was a general manager for a hot rod shop restoration company for about 16 years. And it was one thing that always seemed to be lacking was the ability or the options to, uh, to change that piece of it, you know, wheels and tires, lots of options, paint, all that. And the, when you started getting to the interior, which is the end of the job and where most people are running out of money, we had some customers that really wanted to push the limit and there was just no options. And I use Classic Instruments, the company, when I was building cars and we had the opportunity when it went up for sale, I got to meet the original owners, Frank and Shirley Haddock, and we just hit it off. And like I mentioned, then I bumped into George Poteet at Louisville. He asked me if I could do a custom thing for him. And it was like, that was, that was the start. And I, I didn't know George Poteet from the man on the moon and he was the first custom gauge we ever did.
0: That's amazing, man. One of my friends is, is real good buddies with him. I've met him several times out at Bonneville when I've been out there and I, I actually licked the blowfish one time, hoping that would let me have it. Um, but it's uh yeah, man, it's fantastic, dude. I just love that that you're providing uh, such a a needed and necessity for for people that are really going next level in their builds. There's nobody else really that does it to the quality uh, and the service that you guys do, man. You're you're very standalone in that in that realm in that world, and uh, there's a reason you're at the top of it, looking at everybody else because you, you drive input. You you know you're driving a and racer yourself. Uh, you're open to to what the the racer or performance person needs and what people are looking for and uh, it's just real rewarding for us on this side as consumers and fans of your product that that you guys are doing what you're doing man it, it really does help us
2: well thank you i, I really appreciate that and i just I, i'm blessed i'm blessed to get the love my job and i'm excited to come to work every day
0: that's awesome man and side note i know we're, we we got to go uh but my uh my charger 66 wide-body project. I'll send some pictures. Uh, it, it's got the gauge cluster right now at the same place. Uh, I'm really excited about what you can do with that. Uh, have you ever done these 66 Chargers before, these weird? This will be the
2: first 66. We've done uh, – there's one other – is 65? I have to think. It's 65 similar.
0: Uh, 66 and 7 were the first – first offerings at first gen i believe
2: i've done a 67 okay but I, I have to look at my rec but it all the mopar stuff that's we do less of those obviously than the other ones and it, i was telling you before i've got this 72 swinger i just did for myself
0: so yeah man what a unique cluster and i can't wait to see what you do with it uh and to have your just your wisdom and knowledge into my semo build bro i'm really excited uh oh we're gonna have fun and <laughs> we're gonna have a lot all right, all right, man. Classic Instruments, where do people find you online?
2: www.classicinstruments.com, Instagram, Twitter, all all of them. There you
0: go, man. Uh, and I can't thank you enough. It's always a pleasure talking with you, speaking with you, man. Really look forward to all the car shows, seeing you at SEMA. Uh, and I can't wait to uh, see what you do uh, on my particular build and uh, my personal hot ride. It's a, it's a wild-looking ride, uh, one I've never seen anything close to. So to have you guys – Um, doing the gauge cluster is going to be really cool.
2: Well, Kevin, Willie, I, I always appreciate it. Talking to you guys is always an honor, and I appreciate everything you do for us as well.
0: Yeah, man. It's Classic Instruments, you guys. Check them out. Don't forget about our show, Air Weekend's on the Motor Trend Network. Check your local listings. Episode's also now streaming on Motor Trend On Demand, which is a great resource to find us. Thanks to our guest, Mr. John McCloud, Classic Instruments. My man, Kevin Bird. I am Willie B, your producer,
1: Scoop, and executive producer, Mr. Bob Ecker. Yeah, and don't forget to check out our website, too, twoguysgarage.com, and share your thoughts with us. Check us out. We're everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Two Guys Garage. Now, of course, this Two Guys Grudge podcast is copyrighted, 2021 Britain Productions Incorporated, all rights reserved. So get your own Kool-Aid. Uh, that's right.
0: Hey, Kev, bro, I'm so excited. You know uh, you know what it's like to have a car at SEMA, man. I, I, I'm i fortunate enough to, uh, to be able to finally get one in there, uh, and I really feel like that's going to be one of those aspects that helps it get over the top, you know? When people see that package in there and see that car is weird and and crazy as that
1: build is. Oh dude, it's going to be, gonna be uh, it's going to be awesome. It's going to fly everywhere cuz that build is like you said, so different, so unique. Uh and what's what's cool about Sema and with such a huge hurdle uh right? It's the best of the best, right? The wildest, the craziest, the most talented. And um it's one thing if you got a shop, right? That's a huge you know, mountain to climb when you have your own shop. When you're just a dude you're just a, a single dude in your garage at home, right? Uh, and producing something to get out on the SEMA floor—that's uh, just another—that's just another magnitude right there, you know.
2: That's what's so great about SEMA, and I've been part of HRIA, and 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 we pick ten cars to come to SEMA, and then we debut them at the big reception on Wednesday night. We we unveil them out uh, out on the main floor in Hot Rod Alley, and we really focus on young guys and gals, either a small shop or an individual, try to give them that once in a lifetime. And you can't believe how many people that have had that happen, that it just launched their career. I mean, they win that GM design award or that gold brick from uh, from good guys or all of these different awards. And then now, even Willie, your car, you're going to be in for Battle of the Builders. I mean, you get that or what the Mother Shine Award. All of those things. And it's amazing how many people, it's not just Troy and Bobby and all those guys winning. You're up against them, but there's a lot of talent out there. And you look at your car, and I mean, that thing's heads above what's been out there. I mean, the last car that I saw, it was anywhere near. Do you remember She Devil that Bobby did? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was really the last one. And Alan did that one for Bob Johnson, that orange CUDA. I mean, between Sea devil and that orange CUDA, there really hasn't been a whole bunch. There's been a couple, but those those are the ones that stick in my mind. But a wide body like you're doing, that's <laughs> you're gonna set people back.
0: Can't wait, man. All right, we'll catch you on the next two guys
1: garage podcast. You guys take care. See you soon. No sleep till Vegas. Two Guys Garage Podcast is produced by Britain Productions. For more episodes, visit iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.